<sighs> All right, are you ready to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah. It's time to wait for this motorcycle to go by. Wait for it. The highest production values of any podcast. Pepper. Okay, Pepper, are you ready to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh? <gasps> yeah? Your move! It's time to pu- 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 podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activate My Podcast. Wow. Let's do one more on that. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activate My Podcast. It's the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Rewatch podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we are talking about Face Off Part 3. Jimmy, we are nearly done with the set of three-parters. Oh, but what's this coming up? It looks like there's another one, like <laughs> no, two no, no, episodes no. away. No, no. Shh, shh. We won't talk about that. We won't talk about that. Okay, that's a, it's only that's a, a two-parter. Parter. That's okay. We're not here to talk about that. This week, we're talking about season one, episode 24, face-off, colon, part three. Uh, this was a surprisingly good episode. I'm actually really yeah, excited to heck? talk about this. this. There's a lot of weird shit that went down. This came out of fucking nowhere for me. Um, I do not remember watching this episode whatsoever you probably blocked it out of your mind i think i may have there's a lot happening here um yeah this was one of those episodes where like you'll you'll probably hear me drinking i apologize you'll hear me drinking liquids of various kinds uh i did decide to pour some rosé before watching this episode because as soon as it started we knew we are too <laughs> far too sober to be watching this episode um and we'll talk about why in yeah, a little literally bit. the first 10 seconds of uh, this episode and we'll talk about why in a little bit but first as we do every week uh let's talk a little bit about what we recommend that our listeners do instead of wasting 20 minutes watching an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. jimmy do you have a recommendation this week I've been so busy recently, I haven't done much of anything. You, you've been doing a lot of work. What I've been doing a lot of work, how yes. How much can you tell our audience about what you've been doing lately? Um, Cause you've, you've I been, can tell you the, the basic premise. Yeah, because you've been doing your normal job. Yeah. Uh, but then you've, been, you've had like a side gig recently. It's been really exciting. I have been a production assistant on the set of the Disney film, Timmy Failure, filming here in Portland. Yeah. And it's, from what I can gather, I had to... Like Wikipedia, because I don't uh, read kids' books that came out recently. <laughs> don't read, full stop. <laughs> because I don't read. <laughs> oh, <Whoa>. damn. <laughs> I don't know if that got on mic. Lauren chimed in, don't or can't. Come over here to get roasted. Stone cold. <laughs> it's, a, it's a series of kids' books uh, called Timmy Failure. Uh, by Stephen Pastis, the guy who writes the Pearls Before Swine uh, comic strip. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And the basic gist of it is there's this kid named Timmy Failure, and he thinks he's a brilliant detective, but he's actually just super pretentious and dumb as rocks. Yeah, I was about to say, his last name is Failure. Apparently, like, his family's, like, historically, his family names have been, like, it was French, Failure. Uh-huh. Or however you say it. And then there was a, a misspelling and their family's name is now Failure. So he's Timmy Failure. And he solves crimes around the school with his the help of his friend Rollo. Or Rollo. Uh-huh. And his imaginary friend Total Failure. A 1,500 pound polar bear. Wait, how's it spelled? What? Failure? Total? Total. Like T-O-T-A-L. 
Uh, total okay. failure. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, just me and my good friend Total over here. Pardon me. What? You know, Total. The normal name. Yeah. <laughs> uh well that's awesome that's really cool so they're filming in portland yeah i've been um running around a bunch of locations um doing some some really i don't know how much i can talk about it since i signed a wad of paperwork about I mean, this we thick can, we can just keep it at that yeah. you know you've been doing pa work for them. i have been thing. doing pa work for a disney movie and that's awesome that's fucking rad i i i was about to say i don't know many people who can do it but i know I guess three you like personally know several people who are working <laughs> on it right now. Uh, just because that's how it works here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, man. Okay. So you've been busy with that. Yeah. You don't necessarily have a recommendation this week. Um, I have a partial recommendation. Okay. For I will partially accept that. Uh, well, I can partially recommend uh, the new series from uh, the makers of Futurama and the Simpsons uh, Disenchantment that oh. just came out on Netflix. Okay, yeah, let's talk about this because we watched the trailer uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I started playing it on Netflix and Lauren goes, what's this? And I'm like, oh, it's the new Matt Granig show. And she goes, of course it is. Yep. Because it looks exactly like... Exactly. It's that, s- that same style. animation style. So, okay, tell me tell me how you... What parts of it you recommend? Your partial recommendation. Well... The, just the show itself. I don't know how I can recommend parts of a show. You kind of have to watch all the You were the, the one who said partial recommendation, <laughs> man. I don't know. I say partial because uh, the first couple episodes are pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Like, there are some pretty funny moments, but it's not like constant joke after joke, like Futurama or something of that sure, caliber is. Sure. It's still, it's a, it's a season one. It's getting its feet. Gotcha. I hear it gets better. I'm about halfway through, and there's been some improvement. I hear in the last couple episodes, it gets really good. Um, but it's basically Futurama in a magical past. Pastorama. Pastorama. Yeah. So it's pretty good. Neat. Uh, give it a look. Awesome. I look forward to season two. Cool. So, yeah. I'll have to, yeah. I'll have to give that a try. Um, what do you have to recommend us this week? My recommendation is way more boring. <laughs> um, try I... doing your taxes. <laughs> uh, actually... Actually, yeah, no, I'm I'm looking ahead to like what my taxes are gonna look like next year. Your taxes are gonna be weird. <laughs> gonna be fucked. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to talk to an accountant. <laughs> um, so. Uh, oh yeah, thank you, Lauren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's because I'm moving to a different country and getting a new job. So like, let's you know, it's not because I'm doing anything weird or illegal. Um, but my recommendation. Uh, so I have been playing around with. Uh, like various automation apps on my phone lately. Uh, so things like Workflow or IF, uh, IFTTT, you know, if this, then that. Um, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Fine. I love automating shit. Um, and it's because, uh, so iOS 12, uh, the the Workflow app actually got purchased by Apple, is my understanding. And, and the oh. Workflows are going to be integrated into uh, iOS 12 as shortcuts. Really? So you'll be able to kind of sort of start getting apps to work together and automate processes and and do really cool things. So I'm playing around with that a little bit. And my recommendation is an app that I discovered because of it called Narrow. Uh, N-A-R-R-O. I've only played around with it a little bit, but the concept is really neat. What it is is you sign up and it gives you a... Uh, a link that you add to your podcast app, sort of subscribe to this feed, and it adds itself as a 
thing that you can share to. You know, when you hit the little share button on uh, on iOS and it says, you know, send PDF to iBooks or like email. Yeah, all, or like 50 different whatever. things. You can send a file or web page to Narrow and it will do a text to speech and add it to a podcast that you subscribe to. Huh. Yeah. What? So, okay. So for instance, like, uh, if you want to like, say you find like a Wikipedia page and you're like, mm-hmm. ah, I don't want to read this whole fucking thing. I, I kind of just want to like have it be read to me. You can share that web page to narrow and it shows up in your podcast feed. So a day or two later, you can come back to it and listen to it like it's an audiobook. Granted, it's read by a robot voice, but you, yeah. can, you can pick between different voices. You know, they're all kind of the standard like Mac voices, right? Um, and it's, it's actually pretty neat. Uh, I've played around with it a little bit. This is going to sound way more self-aggrandizing than it actually is, but I, I used it on my website because I'm working on a, a couple of writing projects right now. Mm-hmm. And I pulled one of the longer posts that I'd just written into narrow and had it read back to me it was really educational because i got to hear what it sounded what like your own writing sounds like in a voice loud. that's not my own because uh, if i'm huh. reading something that i've written i know how it should be read but a robot has no idea so it's really uh, it was an interesting writing exercise for me to hear that read back to me um but here's how i found out about it narrow integrates with ifttt so you can set up automations to have Narrow automatically create podcasts for you based on activity that you give to it. So, for instance, I used to get these emails. Uh, once a week, I would get an email that was the most popular Reddit posts in like the you know D&D subreddit, the RPG subreddit, that sort of thing. And it would sort of summarize that for me. Now I can say once a day... Uh, send the most popular post in the RPG subreddit to Narrow and add it to my podcast feed, my personal podcast feed. Huh. So then I all I have to do is open up my podcast feed and listen to it and on the bus. Listen to it on the whatever. bus. Yeah. And you can do this. I what I what I want to do and what I'll probably put up on the Twitter at some point is I want to set up a bunch of different sort of small automations for this and uh publish the rss feed as a that's a result of that like publish the link or something that narrow gives me so that other people can then subscribe to the podcast that my automations generate for me hmm i like it from a technical aspect (laughs) this is one of those things okay let me give you some context for when i discovered this but listen yep there is literally no point in my life where I would ever be like, I want a robot to read Wikipedia for me. <laughs> that's true. That's fair. That's fair. See, here's, here's that's what I do for entertainment. Here's where I'm at, where that sounded like a great idea. Uh, one of the writing projects I'm doing right now is I am building... Hey, Siri, read the dictionary to me. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I am uh, writing sort of a study and a proposal for um, commerce in Dungeons and Dragons mm. and how economics works within the mechanics of the core rule books. Um, and I... I know very little about economics, but I know a lot about Dungeons and Dragons. So what I'm actually going to start using it for is there's all sorts of texts on economics that I cannot be bothered to read, but I would love to have like read to me so I might learn something through osmosis so I can sound smart while I'm writing this thing. Just listen to economic textbooks in, when you're going to sleep at night. 
I mean, kind Pick of. Like, I, I'm trying to figure out how to add music Lauren, to Lauren, are you it. okay with this? <laughs> oh. <laughs> to give you a little bit of insight about Tyler and I as um, a couple, I already listened to a podcast that is basically dedicated to that exact thing for archaeology headlines. Yep. It's just people getting together and reading the headlines of archaeology breaking news every week so that you can decide what stories you want to read further. So anyway, <laughs> sounds like a great idea to me. <laughs> yeah, Thank see, you. but the crucial difference is that sounds cool and interesting. Hey. No, okay, no, I'll I'll own that. My shit's boring as fuck. That'll that'll be my recommendation this week. If oh, I'm awesome! One. Yeah, third recommendation. Yeah, yeah. What's the name of that podcast? Yeah, I'm looking it up. Sorry. Um, it's just called the Archaeology Channel, and it's from um, Archaeoseek. Awesome. All right. Wow, a rare three recommendation episode. Look at that. One recommendation for parts of the episode. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That's all right. Free yes, part of three recommendations. Allowed. So there you go. Okay, well, I won't rant uh, anymore about my boring shit. D and D economics. Um, I'm very excited for it because I'm I'm writing a set of rules where as I write it, I'm like, nobody's gonna care about this but me. <laughs> no, that's like one of my biggest barriers to being a DM is I have no idea how an economy works. I don't know how much a sword should be worth if you find it. Well, so that's the thing is it it doesn't. It just doesn't. The economy just doesn't work. There is there is none. Uh, a, a sword, by the way, is worth about ten gold. A uh, long sword should be fifteen, I think, if it's in good condition. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's in the good book. to know. Uh, so, uh, with our recommendations out of the way, uh, should we talk about some fucking Yu Gi Oh? <laughs> Welcome to minute sixteen of our <laughs> Yu Gi Oh pod- podcast. We're finally ready to talk about Yu Gi Oh. One quarter of the way into this episode, probably. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, with that, it's time to discuss the episode. As I said previously, this episode is Face Off, colon, part three. That's season one, episode 24, for those of you playing along at home. Uh, and Jimmy, it's my turn. It's, once again, your turn to all recap right. this episode. Okay, so... But don't worry. There's some good stuff in here. There's some great stuff in here. I remember being really apologetic uh, when you had to recap two of the episodes of the last three-parter, uh, and then I had to recap the first episode of this three-parter, which was a snooze fest, if I remember correctly. Uh, and now this episode has some weird shit happening. Some weird, weird shit going so down. So it opens up with a uh, a... Should I play it off the TV? Would that be better? Or do you want to play it off your phone? Is that loud we enough? We can see whichever sounds better. Okay, so uh, I obviously this is a late episode. We're releasing this on, on Wednesday instead of Monday because we've been busy. Um, but this episode opens with a recap, and it goes, previously on Yu-Gi-Oh! And then this, <laughs> Listen to this. this shit happens. Okay, I don't know if that was loud enough, and we maybe just got like a bunch of de- dead air. Can you, you not hear you can, that? No, I mean oh, you can okay. you can kind of hear it a little bit, but let's play it off the TV here. Um, oh yeah, perfect. Oh. Previously on Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh. Mokuba. 
<laughs> it just feels icky. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Our uh, our dog camera just let us know that our dog is barking. Nope, just me. <laughs> um, damn, that's weird. That's a weird way to recap an episode. Um, but that is, of course, uh, the scene from the last episode when Pegasus stole Mokuba's soul, obviously, uh, and caused Kaiba to. <laughs> can't even say it. He gave Kaiba some sort of weird sexual pleasure. Uh. <laughs> uh. It's what he said. It's what he said. And then and then Mokuba, who suffered actual pain because his soul was ripped from his body and placed inside a playing card. Um, so that's weird, right? It's not just me. Hey, can Pegasus make horcruxes? I think Pegasus is just entirely composed of horcruxes at this point. I don't think Pegasus can help but make Horcruxes. Like, is he making them for himself? Or is he just turning other people into Horcruxes? I think it's that. I think it's that. But like, you have to wonder. You know, uh, in the in the movie, you remember when we watched the the movie, right? It shows how could I forget? Kind of that scene. It doesn't show the whole scene, but it shows enough of when he gets the Millennium Eye. You have to imagine, just like with the Millennium Puzzle, there was like a learning period, right? How many people do you think he's accidentally? Like stolen their soul. Oh, whoops! Like he's oh. just like walking down the street and like scratches his new glowing eye, and then suddenly someone on the street just walking by just collapses, and he's yeah. like, "Whoops!" And he runs a company uh, too, right? Whoops. So he's like walking to the office. Oh, hey, George. Oh, <laughs> I have George's soul now. I guess, mm, Georgie boy. <laughs> wink, wink, Georgie. Oh no, George. <laughs> um. Yeah, so you know, I feel for I feel for Pegasus. Um, so uh, the episode does move on eventually. Thank Christ! Uh, it spends <laughs> a long time on that recap, but it opens on the duel between Kaiba and Yugi. And Kaiba, if you remember at the end of the last episode, has finally summoned uh, the object of uh, his desires. Uh, the the body pillow that he keeps next to him at night, the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon, which is a polymerization of three uh, Blue Eyes White Dragons, uh, which I can assume is the only reason that he wanted the Blue Eyes White Dragons. I don't know. I don't know. He's got a he's got a thing. I'm not here to yuck any yums, uh, but boy, does he play into that. It's just three Blue Eyes White Dragons in a trench coat. Yeah, no, it literally is. And you said, I think you've said it every time that this card has come up, but uh, you say King Ghidorah. It's literally just King Ghidorah. It's it's Mecha King Ghidorah. It's Mecha King Ghidorah. Which I think is a movie, is that right? I know there's I, Mecha Godzilla. Yes. I don't know if the movie is named Mecha King Ghidorah, but King Ghidorah does come back with his middle head, I believe, uh, chopped off and replaced with a robot head. Is that Godzilla 2000? Maybe. I don't be. know. It's been a while since I've seen all the Godzilla there's, movies. There's one where they're like, it's Godzilla, but edgy. And that feels very appropriate. Um, so the Blue Eyes White Dragon uh, is an unstoppable beast, uh, or Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon, pardon me, is an unstoppable beast, and Kaiba's gloating. He's like, you've lost now, Yugi. Uh, and Yugi goes, I will draw the card that will summon your defeat, or whatever. Uh, and he does that cool anime girl thing uh, at the end of the last episode where he goes, heart of the cards, guide me, and he draws the card from his uh, his wrist gauntlet thing, and he, and he holds it out, and he shows the audience, but doesn't tell the magician what it is, 
the Dark Magician. Yeah. It is. That's, sorry, that's just what that move reminds me of, of like, you know, magician showing you a card and they're like, okay, show it to the audience, but don't tell me what it is. Yeah. It's, that's exactly what it does. He holds it out and then this episode starts with, he looks at the card and he smiles at Pegasus and he goes, I have just drawn the card. You mean Kaiba, will... not Pegasus. Oh, that's right. Sorry. I just like Pegasus so much. So he well, smiles. he's like, he, like by proxy, he is fighting Pegasus, but in continue. A way, in a way. So he, he smiles at Kaiba and he says, In a way, you know, we're I... all fighting Pegasus. <laughs> if you're not fighting Pegasus, what are you fighting? Lawrence <laughs> <laughs> Lauren just said we're all fighting our own Pegasuses. Pe- Pegasi? Pegasi. 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 Okay. Uh and uh so he looks at the card and he goes, uh Kaiba, I've just drawn the card that will spell your defeat. And he plays uh a His card, card is a card that will pierce the heavens. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh you watch G Gundam? This card of mine is burning red. <laughs> nope. Okay. Uh so nope. All right. So he uh, summons the the dual disc back and he uh, puts a card face down in it and he throws it back out and he says, he says something dumb, but it's like, you know, rise uh, and meet your, your doom, uh, Karibo. Yeah. <laughs> and I fucking <laughs> called it. I knew that he would play Karibo. You called it like three seconds before it came out. Because that's the only... That's the dumbest shit that could have been played here, and that of course it had to happen. And here we so, go. So Karibo, for those of you who who don't know, Karibo, um, actually there's a winged Karibo that's kind of the like staple of the Yu-Gi-Oh GX series. Uh, Karibo is a beach ball. Eh, he's like a volleyball sized. Uh, furry brown creature with stumpy little green legs and big yellow and purple eyes. Uh, and it's essentially like, what if you mixed a mogwai and a tribble? Uh, and they only make one sound and Jimmy loves this sound. This is Jimmy's favorite <laughs> they sound. completely overplayed this stupid sound. Like every single time, uh, well, this is getting ahead of us, but they played it like they at played least a hundred times. And it's, yeah, every time it appears. Uh, so he plays Karibo, and everyone goes, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> As is the <laughs> proper response to seeing you play a Karibo against Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. And there's a there's a shot of everyone being like, uh, what? <laughs> and uh, I forget who exactly says it, but I think it might be uh, Bakura says it. Uh, where he goes, that's that's a weird play because that's the weakest card in the entire game. And then Kaiba reiterates that by being like, Yugi, that was a dumbass move. That's literally the weakest card in the entirety of Duel Monsters up against the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. What part of Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon do you not understand? <laughs> it's ultimate. It's ultimate. It's a dragon. It's got blue eyes, for God's sake. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, what does he say? Yugi's like, "Yep, it's it's stinky, all right, but it's it's gonna defeat you." And by the end of this match, by the end of this, yeah, by the end of this match, your dragon will fall to Karibo. Yeah, uh, and he plays uh, another card called Multiply, one of well, the only remaining cards in his hand, a magic and, card. And okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pierce the veil a little bit here. My dual links knowledge has helped me. I saw the multiply card uh, in his hand, 
and I had a version of Multiply in Dual Links that only worked on Karibo. So that's how I knew it was going to be a Karibo. Wow. Extremely uh, specific. I can't believe that I remembered that bit of knowledge, but the Multiply card in the, the fiction of the anime only works on cards with 500 attack power or less. And what it does is it makes copies of that monster endlessly. Infinitely. Infinite copies of this tiny, puny little monster. Uh, and Kaiba They're tribbles. They're tribbles. And no, that, and that's exactly it. So all of a sudden they start multiplying, 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 going, ah, 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 ah. I'm, I'm even putting too much inflection on it. It's just the same sound played over and over again. And there's a wall now of Karibo in front of Yugi. Uh, and Kaiba's like, I, yeah, I mean, sure, there's a lot of this tribble fucking like, in front of me, I guess. Yeah. But that's Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, neutron Blast. Uh, oh, he does say Neutron Blast. Yeah. Man. Which I guess is the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon's like attack name. I want to know why... Why all these cards have their own names for their attacks instead of if, just telling it to attack if, if it can only do one thing. Yeah, well, the, yeah, that's exactly it. It can only do one attack. It's not like Pokemon where they have different attacks on the card, Yeah. right? It's it's like magic where it's like, okay, it does the one thing. Or if I, you know, spend more mana, it does a slightly different thing. Yeah. But like, you know, it it's, you could just say attack. You don't have to say Neutron Blast, but he does. Uh, and the Neutron Blast hits the wall of Karibo and disintegrates a good number of them. Uh, but Yugi's life points do not go down, and the wall of Karibos uh, repopulates with more Karibos. And Pegasus goes, what? Uh, how is this possible? They can't withstand my, my attack. And Yugi's like, you clearly weren't listening when I said endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when I said infinite number of monsters? What do you think? What do you think infinite means? Well, here, well, let's see. What, what's your uh, attack points here on the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon? Oh, it was like Jesus. It's a lot. It's like five thousand. It was something. like five thousand. Okay. Uh, what's uh, infinity minus five thousand? It's still infinity. <laughs> <laughs> and we kind of get like a. Uh, you know, I, I think that this show is really perfectly marketed to like 13 year olds because I can very definitely see myself making that kind of joke at that age. Um, yeah. And when I was growing up, there was a lot of infinity plus one type bullshit on right. the schoolyard. Yeah. Double dog dare you. Double dog dare you times infinity. I double dog dare you times infinity plus one. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, Crap, so, infinity plus one. There's no bigger number than that. <laughs> uh, and so Kaiba uh, is is shocked and, and amazed. Uh, shocked and confused at the sight of Karibo in a towel. Uh, it's a little VeggieTales <laughs> reference there for you. I'm really sorry that came from my brain. Uh, Lawrence gave me a look. <laughs> we are not a VeggieTales house. Um, and uh, Yugi goes, well, yeah, in, again, infinite. Like, it doesn't matter how big your attack is, I have built the ultimate defense to counter your ultimate, air quotes, attack. Uh, and he goes, and now I'm going to play three cards that will utterly crush you. And now is when shit gets weird. This is, okay, I just want to, I want to point out this, this marker in the episode, because this is maybe five minutes in at this point now, yeah. right? So it's a quarter of the way into the episode, and up until now, it's been a normal duel. 
mark this point because from here on out, like shit's bananas. Uh, Yugi plays three cards in quick succession and they are uh, Mammoth Graveyard, Polymerization, and Living Arrow. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, And he goes, so this is the combination that will completely destroy your Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon and defeat them, even though my only monster is Karibo, this little, like, 300 attack power thing. And what it does is Mammoth Graveyard and Polymerization typically mean that he would uh, polymerize, that's the word, polymerize, uh, Mammoth Graveyard and one of Yugi's own cards. But Living Arrow allows him to polymerize Mammoth Graveyard to any card on the field. Including opponent's monsters. Including opponent's monsters. And what does he say? He's like, and this allows for bold new combinations. Like he's, I don't know, fucking Bobby Flay or something (laughs) coming up with bold new flavors. Welcome to Burger King. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, so, I mean, he does have Guy Fieri hair, so. I mean, he does. He does. He does. Uh, So he uh, iron chefs it up and fires the, uh, the living arrow, I guess, I forget exactly what happens with the the mammoth, but he fires the living arrow at Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. It pierces Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon in the chest, and he says, I fuse uh, my mammoth graveyard to the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon's heart. And he calls out heart specifically, which I think is really interesting because we get a shot of Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon sort of rearing back like King Ghidorah cutscene style, and out of its chest burst these like two tusks these mammoth tusks and then the skeleton mammoth head sort of like breaks its way out and roars and it's it gets nasty it's weird it's really gnarly it's like this like the la brea tar pits like emerging from the the ultimate dragon it is just this horrible mammoth skeleton suddenly like bursting forth like a chest burster or something yeah oh that's a really good way it's exactly like a chest burster yeah, but it's a mammoth skeleton. And as it turns out, for because uh, Mammoth Graveyard is undead and Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon is not, as everyone knows, it doesn't fuse <laughs> properly. And so instead of co- uh, getting combined, uh, Mammoth Graveyard <laughs> is just going to drain Blue Eyes' attack power? <laughs> as we all know, that classic Yu-Gi-Oh move? <laughs> you know it's just if you get a heart transplant uh from a the, zombie but from a zombie it doesn't kill you right away it just sort of you know slowly drains its you attack points merge. from you every turn you can't polymerize um so in some world this makes sense i want to know oh, i want to know so many things in what world did they think that this made sense where you could even like start this move? And I want to know how many attempts have been made to make this rule real in the game and how many people have won a tournament with it. That's a really good question. I want to know this too. I think we need to like invite a guest on to talk about this one specific move that they just pulled out of nowhere all right so here's here's the call out to our audience uh i know there are a number of you now which continues to boggle the mind but uh yeah why (laughs) why what what are you doing (laughs) with your lives um we love you uh please don't leave so 
if anyone knows specifically of a uh what's what's the rule uh, the the word that i'm looking for a league a league duel i guess a championship duel that uses the living arrow uh polymerization fusing an undead monster to a non-undead monster if if anyone knows that that actually works and if anyone has used that to win a tournament if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh referee please get in touch oh god if you were a Yu-Gi-Oh! referee when this show came out, let us know. I would love to talk to you, genuinely. Because, like, at this point, right, this show came out in 1998, uh-huh. uh, and the game was out at this point. Wasn't it? Why are you asking me uh, that that's a question? That's a good question. Uh, and, well, okay, so pardon me. So when the 4Kids version came out, it mm. would have been probably 99 or 2000 so it was definitely out by that point for for certain but it's clear that in the anime here they're still figuring out kind of what the rules are and they're making it up as they go along uh if anyone listening to this is or knows somebody who refereed uh official Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments during this time during the time that this anime was on let us know that would be an amazing conversation to have with somebody and i would love to like just extol your virtues as being probably the most patient human being on earth uh putting up with <laughs> they this did shit. what now well because because well, imagine legal because imagine how many kids i mean i would do this probably how many kids would be like oh i saw this on Yu-Gi-Oh. i stabbed the moon <laughs> like what you can't do that they and, did it in the show it's official and and the the fact of the matter is no you probably can't do that unless you have the one card that was written because of the show that says you can Anyway, we're getting way off track here. Yeah. So uh, Mammoth Graveyard uh, sort of chest bursts its way out of Blue-Eyes Ultimate Dragon, and it's revealed that it's going to drain its attack points from Blue-Eyes Ultimate Dragon every turn. So it's 1,500? Right? Blue-Eyes Ultimate Dragon goes from 4,500 to 3,300. Okay, so 1,200 attack points every turn. Uh, and... It's just going to keep doing that, and you even says, Kaiba, you don't have any cards that can undo this. Like, you're fucked. And Kaiba goes, oh, shit. I am fucked. <laughs> uh, and he goes, there's not a single card in this deck that can save me here. Uh, I'm, I'm fucking screwed. And then he loses his goddamn mind. Uh, he stares into the void and the void stares back and he enters a, a mind world that just comes unhinged. And he is thinking to himself, if I don't win this duel, I'm going to lose my little brother forever. And he, you get a shot of him and the sky behind him goes black and he turns pale and the camera zooms out just a little bit to reveal blue eyes, ultimate dragon, but it's red and dripping. And it's, it's like it's its flesh is melting off its bones. It's it's like okay. Do you know what it's like? Imagine that blue eyes ultimate dragon. That that silvery uh, bit is a shell. Oh, and it's like melting ice cream. And, it's, and you've pulled the shell off of the blue eyes ultimate dragon like a lobster. Lauren, you have a thing to say. It's like the boar god in Princess Mononoke, where the 
like worms are dripping out its face. That's what it reminded me of. Yes, it's exactly like that. Um, Jimmy also brought up uh, Akira, the end of Akira, where he's like growing and melting and becoming gross. And it's it's everything that you find disgusting about just like visuals in anime all rolled into one. And it's done amazingly. I was I I like I'm going to go back and rewatch the scene. I know that I am because it's just so buck wild. Uh, and. Kaiba is having this sort of existential crisis where he's realizing I can't win here and he's seeing the blue eyes ultimate dragon literally melting in front of him and he looks at its chest where the the mammoth skeleton would be and it's not the mammoth anymore it's Mokuba and Mokuba is being sucked slowly feet first into the heart of the blue eyes ultimate dragon it's just his head sticking out and his arm now and he's reaching for for Mokuba and he's saying you promised me that you would make this okay. You promised me that you would save me. You are letting me down. You are a disappointment. And you are, I, I forget everything that he says, but he's hes basically like, you You failed. killed me. Yeah, you killed me, basically, yeah. He's like, you promised that you would always be there for me and you would always save me. And you betrayed me. You didn't make good on that promise. And he's screaming this at, at Kaiba, begging to be saved as he's getting sucked into the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon uh, as it's like red sort of slop sort of oozes and crawls its way and pulls him in slowly. Um, and it, it's like... Uh, <laughs> it's exactly like the end of, of Akira. Yeah, it, there are uh, some really great studies of Akira. I feel like I've retweeted a couple of these. Um, so if anyone cares, <laughs> uh, there are some really great frame-by-frame studies of that scene in Akira where uh, the toys all come together to create the giant teddy bear monster and they sort of fuse together. And there's lots of little details in there. Like you can see, uh, I think it's a little robot sort of gets pulled apart and then comes back together and he does a little, little dance before he oh, gets huh. like sucked in. But there are also other parts, like there's an elephant that just sort of slowly melts into the form of this thing. And you see its its trunk sort of slide up the back of its head. And it's really grotesque if you watch it in slow motion. I mean, it's it's grotesque anyway, but like it's, it's sort of just melting into this shape and it's really weird looking. And that's exactly what's happening here is the shapes, the, the sort of bulbous amorphous shapes that are being caused by the, the blue eyes, white dragons sort of under flesh uh, is, is enveloping Mokuba until he's completely consumed. And as he's being consumed, this is the darkest thing we've ever seen in this show. It is. It, it genuinely is. And it gets darker because Kaiba is frozen in place. He can't move. But part of his spirit comes out from him, and it's revealed that it's it's his inner, I guess his inner child, literally. It's him as a little kid. It's Yeah, it's the young boy version of Seto Kaiba that it's we've seen It's the version before. of him that we see in like the the flashbacks and the photos that they have in their lockets. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly, in, uh, in Mokuba's uh, curiously black and white flashbacks. Uh, but we're not going back into that. Uh, and that version of Seto Kaidaba runs towards uh, the, the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon as it's devouring Mokuba. And he's saying, no, I will be there for you. I will save you. And he can't get there fast enough. And right as he's about to grab Mokuba's hand, Mokuba is completely consumed by the Red Eyes or the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. Uh, and, and, and no, and it kind of makes that sound. As soon as he is... 
the whole thing just melts and it makes this gross like splashing sound as everything hits the i guess it's not really a floor because they're just kind of like in this space yeah this like almost a kind of a room. sort of a surface yeah yeah uh and seto kaiba the young boy uh just looks completely dejected and it cuts back to to current kaiba's face and it's just a shocked blank stare and we get this amazing shot this over-the-shoulder shot of grown-up kaiba looking at child kaiba who's looking at this puddle where his brother used to be and the child kaiba goes you did this you failed you let mokuba down and you let him be killed you are worthless and you are nothing and there is nothing that you can do to make this right there's no way that you can make this better. And he turns and he's like, how could you, how could you let this happen? You like are a monster. You, and just rails at him, right? Like just all but screams at him. Uh, and uh, then the whole thing breaks away and it like the, the scene sort of shatters and Kaiba falls backwards into this open void. Uh, and he like spins in space uh, and then it cuts back to reality. Oh, there go gravity. Oh, the insanity. Uh, and and uh, Kaiba's just been standing there, <laughs> spacing out for a few minutes, and yeah. everyone comments on it. And yeah, and Yugi really calls it out. He goes, he's been standing there, just silent. It's like he's in a completely different world. Which, to be fair, he is. Uh, and uh, Bakura says, "Man, this is really. It's a shame to see a duelist of his caliber." lose in this way you know be, because he he doesn't want to stand up for himself is what it looks like and uh it's it's revealed your beautiful monster that you've been working towards for like years to get all the the uh, blue eyes white dragons has just been brought low by a bunch of little fuzzballs yeah exactly and like and i get that you know you work really hard at something you nearly kill an old man uh you uh build multiple holographic generators from scratch uh you you know waste millions of your company's money uh it, it you know it, it all adds up and you get to this point where you're like okay i am ready to succeed at everything i want in life and fucking tribbles come in <laughs> this kid shows up and he kicks your ass and then he kicks your ass again with a bunch of little fuzzballs right a bunch of tribbles right it's like if Captain Kirk had a rematch with the Gorn, uh, but the Gorn brought Tribbles <laughs> and won. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Kaiba uh, snaps back, I think after a comment from Bandit Keith. Bandit Keith is watching still, by the way, for some reason. Oh, the tangent. Um, I was, I was, I've been watching Deep Space Nine with my roommates, and I... There's a moment in where Worf describes the the Klingon Tribble War, where the Klingon Empire went to war to exterminate Tribbles from the galaxy because they thought it was such a menace. And that is a spinoff series that I want to see. I want to see them, the Klingons, like ships, like completely get filled and filled and overtaken by Tribbles, and their own allies have to fire on them. To, to grant them a warrior's death so they're not just crushed to death by little triples. I'm picturing that like slow motion shot where it's the it's the warbird 
and it has to fire on another warbird and it, it like splits in half or it does that like slow motion space explosion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get these like close-ups of just mounds of fur sort of cascading out of the ship into zero gravity. Damn. Yeah. Anyway, it ended when the Klingons uh, glassed the Tribble home world. Oh, shit. Yeah. They like bombarded it from orbit to wait. get rid of all Tribbles. Wait, wait, wait. So when in, when in the timeline is this? Uh, apparently a long time ago. Like before the original series? I'm not entirely sure. Huh. Interesting. Okay. All right. Uh. Anyway, back to Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, what fucking show are we talking about? Um, so Kaiba snaps back. I, I, there was a comment somewhere in there from Bandit Keith, honestly, just to remind us that Bandit Keith is still there watching because he's a creep. Um, I think it's something like saying, oh, the Yu-Gi kid is a good duelist. Yeah. Something like he's that. He's just throwing out, heh, looked like this kid's got spirit. That oh, no. Kind of stuff. You remember what he says? He says, uh, looks like we've got a new champ. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, I mean, he already beat Kaiba once, so I, I don't know. Um, he's already the new champ. Um, Kaiba snaps back and he goes, uh, you may be weakening my Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon, but he's still powerful enough to attack you, and he has Blue Eyes White Dragon that's now weakened by the uh, Mammoth Graveyard, launch another Neutron Blast at the Wall of Karibos. Uh, and the same thing happens again. The Wall of Karibos just grows right back. Uh, and this scene actually is reminding me, I'm going to take another small tangent. It's reminding me of a game of Dungeons and Dragons that we played uh, where, uh, Jesus, Lauren, calm down. <laughs> Knocking shit over. Uh, so it was, it was, I, I ran this game for, uh, Jimmy and Lauren, uh, a little while ago, uh, maybe like a year ago now. When was this? Oh no, it was more I, than a year ago. We were have, in the old house. Uh, no idea which one you're talking about. And we, you're going to have to, be, you're okay, talking about games okay. of D and D we've played together. You're going to have to be more specific. Uh, and it was, it was a one-off that I ran that was a set in a cyberpunk, uh, Yellowstone. <laughs> where, where all of Yellowstone had been uh, sort of converted into a giant mega city, and uh, Jimmy played as the last park ranger, uh, who was a druid known as Ranger Rick, uh, and Lauren played as a sentient. Were you a sun bear? You're a yeah sun bear, uh, who was an assassin, uh, and I forget it was Horus, right? Something like that. Uh, but they were uh, raiding a mansion in search of. Uh, <laughs> I forgot it, about this. Was it Abraham Lincoln's picnic basket? Was that it? Something along, Something those, along lines. those lines. But there was a so there was a part. Teddy, Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt's picnic basket. That's what it was. Uh, there was a part where they needed to get into a room that had a few guards in it, and Jimmy had uh, as a druid. He had a druid spell that was summon animals, and it was very specific. It was like you can summon. X number of animals based on the animals uh, challenge rating in the book. So how like strong the animal is. Right. And at one point, Jimmy's like, okay, so if I summon a smaller animal, does that mean I can summon more of them? And he goes, what's the challenge rating of a spider? Just like a normal garden variety (laughs) spider. And there genuinely isn't one. It's It's like zero. They're not even the book. They're not even in the book. It's basically zero. There's like 
form rules or something. But I'm like, so I guess technically, I mean, this is a one-off, so so fuck it, fuck consistency. Like, you can summon an infinite number of spiders, I guess, if you need to. And then he did, and he just filled this room with spiders. <laughs> and there was just an infinitely growing number of spiders. Um, and the guards suffocated and died. Um, they choked to death, breathing spiders. And that is my new nightmare. Uh, so what happens here is the neutron blast hits the, the wall of Karibo and the wall of Karibo grows back. And Yugi's like, this is going to keep happening. Like you, <laughs> you know, this already, this is, this is why you're going to lose is you only have the one strategy to use against me. Uh, and Kaiba goes maybe, but you only have one monster in defense mode being the, the wall of Karibos. You can't attack me either. You have to wait. And, uh, in the meantime, I am going to keep attacking your wall of Karibos until something gets through. And at that point, Yugi goes, well, okay, let's see what we can do. And he hard to the cards it again. And he pulls out, uh, what is this called? Elven Celtic guardian, Celtic guardian, the one that looks like link link from the legend of Zelda. Uh, and he summons it in attack mode. And he says, uh, uh, you know, okay, he's going to attack next turn. Uh, and at that point, your blue eyes ultimate dragon will be weak enough that he can just kill it, and you'll lose. And uh, the next turn comes, and he attacks. Them. Oh, you should mention that it uh, it chops one of the heads off. Oh, that's right. Thank you. No, it does attack this turn. Uh, it chops one of the heads off, and it doesn't kill the blue eyes ultimate dragon because it- it's a fusion of three dragons. Again, and so I guess these each fucking fusion rules. Each head is its own separate monster. I don't know. And well, that's exactly what it is. So they they describe, oh, it didn't kill the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. It just killed one of the heads. Because it's a monster comprised of three parts, he has to kill each of the three parts individually. I think it's like Bakura explaining this to Joey or something. Um, Bakura, just our new, like, (laughs) explainer. Um, And he goes, so, you know, on the next turn, he can cut off a second head and that will reduce Kaiba's life points by enough to kill him. Uh, and so Kaiba realizes this and thinks, well, you know, Yugi, the reason that I'm going to win is I'm going to stop at nothing to win because if I lose, my little brother's soul is lost forever. And Yugi goes, yeah, no shit, bro. If I lose, my grandpa's soul is lost forever. Like, we're in this together. And to which all of us in the room watching this said, Y'all could have talked about this in the fucking 20-minute walk up the stairs to get here. Like, <laughs> if you had led with this, you would have found some sort of non-violent solution. But no, just had to play your card game. Got a duel! Got a duel. Got to duel them all. I'm a Wario. I'm a gonna ween. Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, Kaiba goes, well, you know, here's the thing is, yeah, sure, we both have, like, somebody whose soul... Pegasus is stolen. Who among us doesn't have a relative soul (laughs) trapped by Pegasus? I mean, really. We all have our own Pegasus. Uh, And Kaiba goes, I will stop at nothing, and I'm going to prove it to you. And what he does is he starts backing up. Uh, He physically steps backwards. Uh, And Choi makes a crack about, like, "Uh, I thought he said he was going to go, he was going to attack harder. Like, why is he, it looks like a retreat to me. And Kaiba backs up all the way up to uh, one of the little, what are those called, crenellations on the tower, one of the little upper bits. And he hops up, and Yugi's like, no, Kaiba, okay, okay, stop right there. Like, don't, like, do anything dumb. Don't jump. 
And Kaiba goes, no, I'm not going to, but you're also not going to attack me because if you attack the force, the explosion, the explosion caused by this hologram that I created that does sights, sounds, and smells, uh, may cause me to fall off this castle. So you can't attack and kill blue eyes, ultimate dragon without it, knocking me off of this castle and I'll die. Right. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they, uh, they censored it here and the writer in the writing mm-hmm. instead of, cause he says I, I could get hurt. Oh yeah. But they're like at the top of this freaking castle is like, he's not going to get hurt. He's just going to splatter and die. If yeah. He falls off. Yeah, exactly. At this height, there's really only one option. Um, come on four kids. Yeah. Yeah. There's a YouTube video that I've been, uh, refraining from watching because I don't want to spoil anything for, for us. Uh, there's a YouTube video. You can probably just look it up of everything four kids censored in Yu-Gi-Oh and it sounds fascinating. Uh, cause it's like a 30 minute video. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So he essentially ex- explains to Yugi, you, if you win, you're going to kill me and Mokuba in a way. Uh, and everyone's like, Oh, like Jesus, this bastard's playing for keeps. Okay. Uh, and Yugi begins debating with himself. Uh, we see sort of the two spirits of Yugi, um, being like, okay, well we have to deal with this. And Kaiba uses the, uh, he, he draws a card and he draws monster reborn or reborn the monster, however they say it. And he resummons the once severed head of blue eyes, ultimate dragon and summons a full attack power middle head, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, it looks really weird. Um, and sort of just a fresh new head. Yeah. It's pops so out now of the hole. it's got like this almost mummified blue eyes, ultimate dragon. And then it's got like a fresh sparkly new head coming out the middle. It's like, um, <laughs> no, never mind. Nope. It looks like a chocolate bunny. It does it does so it's like if you took uh, a chocolate bunny that like the head had been bitten off and you got kind of the hollow bit in there and it, you then took you take that a hair dryer to the rest of the bunny and melt it just a little bit and then you shove a banana through the <laughs> hole that's <laughs> what it looks like it's just this weird it doesn't belong um and uh he goes and now but well before it was that i could only attack your defense mode monster so even if i could destroy the infinite wall of karibo it wouldn't do damage to your life points but now you've summoned celtic guardian in attack mode you summon link the hero of time and i can attack that on my next turn and kill you so either you win the duel and maybe kill me or i win the duel and save my little brother's soul uh, it's, it's up to you. And so Yugi begins debating, uh, and you get these great shots of kind of the two, the, the big Yugi, little Yugi, uh, sort of superimposed on each other. Yeah. Cause first, uh, Yami Yugi, uh, who's been the big Yugi, big, big Yugi is like, what? That's bullshit. Of course I'm going to win this duel. And he like steps forward and then it's like the other like regular child Yugi, like little Yugi. Little Yugi like emerges from him, and they're just side by side now. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's like the angel and the devil on the shoulder it debating, is. like as the two personalities like grapple with this dilemma. And this is really the first time that you've seen this happen in like this degree of severity, right? Like they are 
full on arguing with each other of uh, over kind of their base instincts in a way. Like little Yugi, he wants to be friends with everybody. He wants everybody to be happy. He wants to save his grandpa. And of course he would want to save Mokuba, you know, like I'm sure that that's on his mind too. I don't, I don't remember if he says as much. Um, and then big Yugi is I'm going to win this duel. That is my that is my primary goal in all situations. Is I am the best at this. This is what I do. Full stop. Uh, and they argue, and I, I forget exactly what what happens in here, but it ends with uh, Yami Yugi, Big Yugi, telling the Celtic Guardian to attack the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. Oh yeah, and there's another shot that I really liked. Just a uh interject for a second where they're arguing and then it pans over to their other shoulder and the uh vhs like ghost of grandpa is there and he's like yugi (laughs) and then it like immediately pans back over (laughs) and they're just like pretend nothing happened and i can't i can't figure out if that's like maybe little little yugi trying to like impose a memory uh, to maybe break Big Yugi out of his blood rage, or if it's actually the spirit of Grandpa breaking through <laughs> and trying to contact them, because that's happened. Yeah, that happened. Uh, episode one, his spirit reached out to Yugi and said, "Here's how you play dual monsters." Anyway, I just thought it, the pacing of it was funny and hilarious to me because it like pans over to them, and I thought they were like gonna interact with Grandpa, and then it just pans right back over. And it's like, shut up, Grandpa. <laughs> We're talking here. All right, old man. We hear you. Yeah. Poor Grandpa. Uh, but so... Oh, and it pans over to the friends, too, right? The friends... Oh, yeah. They're, the, they're watching this go on. And going they, on. And I, I think Taya has sort of a flashback, right? Of thinking like, oh, everything's coming up Yugi. And he's doing so great. And it's like, there's two of them. Uh, and maybe that was in the recap. I forget. Anyway, Tay is addressed this a couple times. Tay is the one person who's figuring out this whole dual personalities thing, and she calls out to Yugi like, "You can't do it. This isn't, this isn't you. This isn't how you duel. You wouldn't risk a human life to win a duel. It's a silly game. We all know this. It's a card game. <laughs> yeah, you can you can lose once. Like it'll be fine. You've got tons of star chips. It's not. Yeah, exactly. It's not worth killing somebody over." And uh, Big Yugi tells Celtic Guardian to attack the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. And Little Yugi, the spirit inside, is like, "What? no, like we can't, we're going to kill Kaiba if we do that, but it's too late. And the Celtic Guardian starts running at full sprint at the, at the Blue Eyes White Dragon in slow motion, like $6 million man, uh, chariots of fire, uh, just, you know, really slow motion. And Taya looks and sees no this isn't right and actually runs down this sort of like gangplank to where they're dueling in slow motion as well and uh runs pleading with yugi to stop this also in slow motion also in slow motion um it's much farther for her than it is for the celtic guardian so i don't know how she gets there they linger on it for like a good long time they really slow motion shot of her running up are you did you oh thank god we're just going to wait here for a minute. Some good shit right here. So this is the music playing in my mind as this scene happens. 
Just picture Link, the hero of time, running towards Mecha Ghidorah. His hair billowing in the wind. The light. The sun. The noonday sun. Glinting off of his sword. Blood from his previous kill. Falls away. He locks eyes with his prey. And he whispers a prayer. Meanwhile, Taya. This isn't you, Gee. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, no, so Taya uh, runs after uh, the Celtic Guardian, I guess. And uh, little Yugi is. She runs hearing... toward Yugi, doesn't she? I mean, she has to like pass by the Celtic Guardian. It's it's a weird. I thought she was going setup. to throw herself in front of Celtic I Guardian, so too. and it would like hurt her somehow. But they're holograms. But they're holograms. So I was confused. But, but that's they're not what also holograms that nearly killed a man. So yeah, if you die in the duel, you die in real life. Uh, and there could be some like shockwave or yeah. whatever. Apparently, right, right, right. Yeah, the the explosion. You know, the shockwave from the explosion. The uh, the hologram might uh, knock Kaiba off balance. Uh, it's a good hologram that. And uh, little Yugi uh, screams, uh, you know, no or, or stop, and regains control of his body. And uh, you see Yugi drop to his knees and uh, the Celtic Guardian stops. And when Yugi looks up again, it's little Yugi, not big Yugi. He's been dueling this whole time. And he is like, no, I can't. I can't do it. That's not me. And Kaiba says, I told you, I'm, I'm the only one here who's willing to do whatever it takes. And he kills Celtic Guardian and takes with neutron blast with neutron blast with jimmy neutron blast as lauren pointed out uh and uh kills uh celtic guardian and takes the rest of yugi's life points Ta-da. Ta-da. kaiba wins the duel what how could this be uh and uh yugi just kind of sits there on his hands and knees and he he just starts to to cry and it's really like, I mean, we make a lot of jokes here, folks, but this was really affecting. Like, damn, this was a this serious a scene. Dark episode. Because he's going, uh, he's he's saying, I couldn't control him. Like, I nearly killed somebody, and I, I almost couldn't stop it. I could have let him kill somebody. And he like reveals this to everyone else that there was. I mean, Taya, two Yugi's. Taya I mean, kind of lets it slip. Taya already knows. Taya outs him a little bit. Um, but this is the first time he's like addressed it in front of the whole group. Yeah. And he's like this, this presence inside me at which we all giggle, uh, this, this big presence, I think he's the says. man inside me. Uh, <laughs> thanks Tobias. Uh, and, uh, he says, Oh, why do I keep, I keep pressing play on the episode. I just want to watch it again, I guess. Uh, and he says, I had to really struggle to overcome this force that appears whenever I duel. And it, this force has no problem killing people uh and everyone else hears this and is like what what are you what on earth are you talking about uh and taya kind of explains like yeah there is a spirit that overcomes him when he duels and bakura goes oh so it's like what happened with my millennium item too in a way uh and it's just a thing that happens to people who have millennium items i guess uh they get possessed by spirits yeah you know hey if, if you're going to have something called the Millennium Item, it had better fucking possess you. Yeah. Right? 
Like, what's we're not do? Make you good at cards with no consequences? <laughs> no, fuck that. Possession all the way. Uh, which, just as a PSA, kids, if you see an item labeled Millennium, fill in the blank, uh, Millennium Plunger, Millennium Monkey Wrench, Millennium Wii Remote, don't pick it up. You'll be possessed. Call an adult. Call an adult. <laughs> Call Let it. your dad get possessed. <laughs> then your dad will be very good at cards. If you see a millennium item, please call the nearest parent or guardian over and have them help you. Call the Celtic guardian. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> the Celtic adopted parent. Um, so, uh, where was I going with Thanks, this? Link Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, can Link be my new dad? <laughs> we don't talk much, but we sure do play a lot. That's great. I'm actually playing the new Breath of the Wild, or not the new, but new for me, Breath of the Wild DLC. Oh, with the uh, the motorcycle. With the motorcycle. I don't have the motorcycle yet, but I'm almost there. I'm so excited. Um, so Kaiba starts to to mock Yugi, saying that you know, of course he'd lost. He he didn't have what it takes to go all the way. Yeah, he couldn't take it to the limit. Uh, and Taya starts yelling at Kaiba. She's like, no, you don't get it. He lost because he cares about human life and he doesn't, he's not going to sacrifice a human life for a card game. This is a card game that we're all playing. And you're sitting here talking like it's the end of the fucking world. If you lose and Kaiba goes, kind of is like did you not hear my spiel earlier and she goes no we could have figured this out like this is not how these things are done you have broken a child like i mean like fucking look at him right like there's this crying you're going to make this child kill you yeah basically like you are creating homicidal urges in this child because of a card game, like, are you really going to be happy with that? He cares because he has people in his life that he cares about and that care about him. And he knows what it means to, like, be part of a community. What do you have, Kaiba? And Kaiba, like, has to think about that for a second and goes, well, what do I have? And, of course, he thinks about Mokuba. And he's like, okay, I got Mokuba. All right, fine. Cool, cool, cool. And he, like, tosses these uh, these star chips in the air and catches them. And he says, I have all I need. Pardon me. Hang on. <clears throat> I have all I need. And he walks away. Yep. Billowing, uh, billowing trench coat behind him. He walks away. Damn, that guy has class. And uh, Yugi is still just there, like sobbing, being like, what am I going to do? I lost this duel, and that means that I can't proceed. Um Cut to, uh, cut to Pegasus Castle, interior, day. Pegasus is having wine. Uh, <laughs> when is he not having wine? I know. Well, so it, it, it cuts to a phone call between Kimo and Pegasus, and Kimo says, uh, I have the results of the duel. Kaiba won. And Pegasus goes, all right, that's great. Uh, you know, he'll... Well, what, is, what, is, what does he say, Jimmy? Do you remember? Not exactly. It's he goes, Kaiba stuff. Mm, mm. Why is it Yoda? Mm. <laughs> foresee this, I did. Uh, he goes, mm, Kaiba boy. Uh, I, I did foresee this. Well, he thinks he's hot shit, but I'll whoop his fucking ass. <laughs> I uh, wish he said that. I know, right? And he's, he's shuffling a deck of cards as he's talking about what hot shit he is. Uh, and I think, okay, I think we need to remind folks at this point, too. He's shuffling a deck of cards, and... 
he invented duel monsters. Yeah. Right? So, like, Kaiba's coming to duel him for his brother's soul. In a game he invented. In a game he invented. It's like if you if you met the dude that invented chess, right? And you were like, I'm the best in the world. Come at me, bro. No. You're playing the person who invented chess. They invented chess. <laughs> You're going to beat this person at their own game? Literally? No. Also, how are you doing this? It's been like 2,000 years since chess was invented. Uh, I watched that that documentary uh, AlphaGo uh, on on Netflix recently. It's about the AlphaGo bot. Have you heard about this? Mm -mm. It's the like bot that I think Google funded it. It's an AI that learned how to play Go. Oh, yes. I have heard about this. Holy shit. Did I not expect to be interested in that documentary at all? I put it on while I was cleaning one day. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Um, I imagine that's what it would feel like to play against Pegasus. It's like, here is a machine that, I mean, didn't didn't invent the game, but has studied enough of the game that, like, it may as fucking well have. Yeah. And here you are, a small, puny human Though you are the best puny human in the world, you are a puny human. Uh, there is, there, you can't, you can't compare. It's like, don't quote the rules at me. I, I wrote the, I wrote the rules. That exactly, kind of thing. exactly. And so Pegasus is having this conversation with the confidence of somebody who literally wrote the book on dual monsters. Uh, and oh, hey Siri, how old is chess? Oh, 543 oh, years. All right. That's, that's not so old. Yeah, it's not as old as I expected. Huh. I wonder... I mean, that, okay, we don't have to go into the, the variations of chess and the medieval origins and whatnot, but chess is fucking old. Uh, and Pegasus is infinite. Pegasus, the undying one, uh, <laughs> says to Kimo, uh, yeah, you can go ahead and let him into the castle. And Pegasus, all right, well, I'll, I'll send him to you now. And he goes... Uh, Pegasus says he has no idea what he's in for when he duels me. And you see the Millennium Eye kind of glisten. And then we get a great shot of Kaiba walking into the castle with his trench coat sort of billowing behind him. Uh, And we, oh, what does he say? He says, um, he says something about having Mokuba's soul like in his deck, basically, right? He's like, no matter how good his deck is, I still have Mokuba's soul. Did he shuffle? Mokuba's soul into his deck. It's and that's what I'm that's what I'm wondering about. I don't think so. Because he put it in a card. He did. He did put it in a card, and we never see the faces of the cards that he's shuffling as he's having this conversation with Kimo. So it's implied that he shuffles Mokuba into a deck, further confirming our theory from last week that Mokuba might be le- uh, tournament, tournament legal. legal. <laughs> uh which would be amazing. Um but anyway, so yeah, so we get all that and we cut to credits and we're done with the three-parter. Hooray. Hooray. And it only took us, oh, it only took us an hour to talk about a 20-minute episode. Look at that. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? First, you should get your uh, your robot to just read the script to these episodes and then it'll be a much faster show. <laughs> <laughs> I am trying to find, actually, uh, this will be another audience call out. I'm trying to find uh, versions or transcripts of these episodes that I can feed into Botnik 
uh, and procedurally generate a script for a Yu-Gi-Oh episode. So if anyone has any leads on that, let me know. You found that one website where some fan of the franchise just transcribed all the episodes and that or one, like part of them. That one was really good. Uh, the format was a little weird to work with Botnik, but if I don't find anything else, I'm going to come back to that one and just, I think, edit the formatting a little bit. Um, yeah, it was just one fan, and I forget their name, and I apologize, but they just translated like all of season one. It was nuts. Or uh, uh, transcripted, rather. Transcribed. Um, anyway. Anyway, your favorite. Despite all the crazy spooky magic stuff happening in this episode my my favorite part of this episode was the wall of infinite karibo so good <laughs> it's a, it was a very uh ewoks versus the empire type oh, moment yeah where just a bunch of random bullshit creatures go up against this unstoppable killing machine uh-huh and it's I, I just enjoy that trope so much and i was very glad to see it come up in this episode that was that Everything that Kaiba worked towards getting all the blue eyes white dragons just so we can make this one creature in his deck to lay waste to his opponents have has been laid low by all these little puffballs bouncing around. <laughs> it's humorous. It is. It really is. And that God, that scene <laughs> where he reveals the Karibo is just the best and it worked perfectly it did it worked exactly how we said it would what was your favorite part of this episode my favorite uh my favorite i think yeah there was a lot of like magical bullshit in this episode which i think is a, a required part of any good Yu-Gi-Oh episode but Agreed. i think i think my favorite part is the really powerful and effective way that it took down the problem of toxic masculinity in the world of Yu-Gi-Oh! In that the primary struggle uh, of both the protagonist and antagonist in this episode were completely internal. The struggle was not with each other. The struggle was with themselves. And they both handle it in really interesting ways. Hmm. And it was really refreshing. Uh, and I, I hope that this was true for the time when this episode first came out. It was really refreshing for me to see a hero in an anime who's been given a magical power to be the best at what he is break down and cry because he cared too much about his fellow man to do the one thing that he's good at. Yeah. And it was also really refreshing to have a villain be like, I don't really want to be doing this but my own sort of personal inner demons sh are showing me that this is the only way, you know, that whole, that whole sort of uh, acid trip scene where he sees the, the melting blue eyes, white dragon or blue eyes, ultimate dragon, uh, like is really powerful in a lot of ways. Spooky. Like, and, and having this sort of child Kaiba come out and, and, you know, run towards Mokuba and like, damn, you really feel for him and you don't necessarily agree with his method, but you go, shit, if I'd gone through that, yeah, that makes total sense. It, it really, like, it justifies his action and shows that not every duelist has to solely focus on attack, 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 win, win, win. Uh, it's it's sort of more about the, the personal struggle. So that's my favorite. I like that answer. Thanks. Came up with it myself. <laughs> Uh, what was your least favorite? Uh, my least favorite kind of ties into that, I think. Uh, the tactics that 
Kaiba used at the end of the episode where he's basically going to kill himself if Yugi doesn't back down and let him win Uh is so fucked up on so many levels. Yep. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's really fucked up strategy. And it's something that I think only Kaiba could have done because he's like, yeah, I built this hologram. So I know what will happen if you kill this monster, like the explosion will be so big or whatever. But he also could totally be bluffing. Yeah. Right? Yugi has no way of knowing what the these little discs can do. Yeah. He could just be. And I guess we'll never know. But the fact that it might he might be bluffing doesn't change the fact that he's saying, I'm going to die if you do this. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And you said it while we were watching the episode. It's kind of like abusive relationships. One yes. Like if you don't do this thing for me, I am going to hurt myself. Yeah, it's that was super messed up. And I know they're trying to like portray him as this like anti-hero kind of figure now, but that is a villain move. It is. That's true. That's very true. That that's the original Kaiba that that we see in the original like manga and stuff coming through. So was was his evil actually separated from him? After th- that's a good point. After this episode, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe maybe the uh, the uh, insane clown well, became his posse again. Well, he said previously um, when he encountered him at the <laughs> top of this <laughs> castle. <laughs> maybe his insane clown became his posse again. <sighs> <laughs> the worst. Thank you for listening to my joke. <laughs> okay. that's. Anyway. I have a new worst part of the episode. That was you making that joke. No, okay, it was a good to, joke and your, I would have made that On to your good point. Um, the point is that, um, like a, a couple episodes ago when he shows up, he basically, he explains that like, even though that the evil, like shadow realm version of himself is gone, he's like choosing to, to act in that way now because like I, he figured out that he was like being that it was like unconsciously doing this becoming a bad person but in order to win he's going to need to do those tactics again right so now he's choosing to be evil instead of just kind of being evil which arguably oh, is worse yeah yeah that's really interesting i'm gonna have to think about that shit what was your worst part of this episode Fuck. uh okay my worst part of this episode was the entire first five minutes uh the recap? Well, okay. Specifically, uh, certain noises that were made. Oh. Um, so the recap, which we talked about, starts with, uh, uh, Mokuba. Yeah, Mokuba. <laughs> uh, but then uh, when Yugi plays Karibo, uh, everyone goes, uh, uh, there was a lot of grunts in this episode. It was like a minute straight of just grunts, and it was really uncomfortable for me. <laughs> it was very odd, and I didn't like it. it I didn't care for it. I made it made me. I don't me. care for these grunts. <laughs> it made me uncomfortable. Uh, me, the person who's made all of the jokes you've heard in this episode, it made me uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> that should give you some idea of how bad it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you're gonna have you only got 20 minutes per episode, guys. Like, really, are you that desperate to fill 20 minutes that you have to put in 
like a fucking minute of weird grunts for no reason like put in a line of dialogue it's fine say what what is he thinking or or i don't know something right yeah right but no it's just uh 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 it's like they couldn't figure uh. out anything to say besides like react like yugi reacts joey reacts yeah we could have just put in a little robot voice uh we could have just had <laughs> no no we could not have done that you you will not <laughs> imagine if every time karibo showed up uh, oh, God. Uh, all right well there's the new remix video coming to our youtube channel uh it'll be our first youtube video uh it's it's the the grunting for me is almost as bad as the Karibo sound, which you're about to play, aren't you? Yep. Yeah, the grunting sound is nearly nearly as bad for me. Um, all right. Well, do you have anything else you want to tack on here about the episode? No. Okay, we have gone on for far too long about this episode. Let's get out of here. I'm very sorry. Uh, release, our- release our captive <laughs> listeners. It's time to end the episode jimmy as we do every week we will end the episode with a random card of the week generated by my random card generator here and this week are you ready for this i'm ready you're gonna fucking love this especially oh boy in this week's episode this week's card is infinite cards <laughs> what you know that time when the genie gave you three wishes and you wished for infinite wishes because <laughs> you rule and you're the best at wishes infinite cards infinite cards is a spell card and it says there is no limit to the number of cards in players hands Okay, so it doesn't give you infinite cards. No, you can just, you can just have cards. a bunch of cards in your hand. And I guess I I truly don't remember now, and especially now that we've been watching the anime, if there is a limit to the number of cards that you can have in your deck. I haven't. I can't remember at all if they've ever brought it up. They've so never I doubt talked it. about it in the show. Uh, the art for this is actually pretty good. So it's two hands, uh, akimbo, sort of like like reaching to the heavens. <gasps> Uh, and cards are either flying to or from them while a psychedelic tie-dye background plays in the background. It's raining cards. Hallelujah, it's raining cards. Yep, that happened. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine this is the kind of card where, like, do you ever look at a at like a Pokemon card or something or a Magic card and say, man, I bet the, the shiny version of this looks fucking rad? But the holographic version of this card looks amazing, right? It was disturbing me, and I couldn't figure out why until just now. Hmm. It looks like the hands in the bottom of the well in uh, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, <gasps> sticking out of the out of the like toxic goop. It all does. the the dead hands just rising up in like supplication, uh, begging to be freed. Except now you, they're getting cards. Can I tell you why it's disturbing to me? Why? Because it's a similar but different reason. So the the lighting in this card is coming from dead center, uh, but in the background, behind the hands. So the hands are completely backlit, and the way that the palms are sort of folded, the shadows form on the center of each palm. Oh, yeah. Huh? And it looks like uh, this person has uh, the stigmata of Christ. Oh, my God, it is! <laughs> so it, it looks like the second coming of Jesus. It does look like... Hands that would be in... It looks like the praying hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it looks like the second coming of Christ has come to receive uh, all the things that his father has left for him. I, like, if the cards, cards weren't in this, 
I could totally see this being like a poster on the wall of some youth group or something. I bet you money that it definitely is. Yeah, you think someone went in and like photoshopped out those hands, and yeah, I would, I can I can see it. I would be willing to bet you cold hard cash that that exists in a youth group somewhere. <laughs> and I say that because I was definitely the dipshit who would have done that. Uh, so that's our card of the week. Uh, infinite cards. Our card of the week. All of them. All of them. Endlessly. Uh, as many cards as you want. So uh, if you want to reach out uh, and talk to us about the things we've talked about today, you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at YAMPOD. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. YAMPOD. Uh, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com, uh, or you can go to our website, uh, tyler.games slash Y-A-M-P, or welcome to flavor.town slash Y-A-M-P. Uh, you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or you know subscribe to us wherever. Um, yeah, do that if you like. Don't if you don't. Uh, Speaking of Flavortown, uh, shout out to Guy Fieri. Uh, I meant to bring this up last week, but didn't. But he has uh, selflessly been feeding firefighters down in California. Yeah. He did this uh, for He's, the last major fire, too. Yeah, last year. Um, yeah, Guy Fieri, genuinely great human being. Yeah, good for you. Big fan. Good job, Guy. Guy this one's for you. Uh, all right. Well, that'll do it for this week, uh, folks. Uh, you know all the things uh, about reaching out to us. Please do. Uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, we will be back next week with Season 1, Episode 25, Shining Friendship. Uh, I Wow, like an airplane just drove <laughs> past or something. Uh Next week, uh, I'm going to see if we can do something a little bit special considering we are now halfway through the season Mm, and we have been doing this show for six months now. Jimmy, I have forced you to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! basically every week, more or less, for six months. I can't believe you've done this. (laughs) I can't either, and I'm very proud of myself. Why did I agree to this? So we are going to find some sort of way to celebrate a very fittingly named episode, Shining Friendship. Uh, we are going to celebrate our shining friendship and the Yu-Gi-Oh episode shining friendship somehow. I don't know how, uh, but we'll put it up on Twitter and Instagram once we figure it out. And uh, yeah, we'll have a new episode next week. In the meantime, uh, uh, Mokuba. <laughs>